to The Code Review, a weekly web development podcast with your hosts, Dylan Marsh and Brandon Dimish. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Dylan Marsh. And I'm Brandon Timish, and this is The Code Review. This week, we talk about version control, the problem with modern frameworks, and testing for beginners. Yeah. So, so without further ado, yeah. Brandon Timish. <laughs> so, yeah. Um... So actually, the version control and testing were both uh, requested from a listener, and so I thought yeah, thanks for that. We yeah, appreciate the topics. Yeah, it, it definitely helps us kind of guide our content to what you guys want to hear. Um, so as always, you know, if there is something you want to hear about, or you want opinions on, or you want information about, I mean, we can sometimes do research and you know air it. And, yeah, well, uh, we will learn anything. <laughs> anything uh, we'll try uh, our best is yeah what i'm trying to say yeah so yeah version control this uh i love version control um i'm a huge proponent of it i don't think it's an optional thing um, unfortunately so if it's something mm-hmm. that's intimidating for you um you're gonna have to kind of get over that because it's your portfolio yeah so um you have two different concepts or like architectures in version control and um, we'll get into exactly what version control is and why it's useful here in a second but you need to understand that there's two different schools of thought so there's dvcs which is distributed version control and then there's cvcs which is centralized version control and so and that's version control system which is what that s is on there yeah but um distributed means that every person um, on your team has a copy of that history that's tracked in version control and centralized means that there's one centralized place that tracks all that history and changes and you're in sync with that. Um, so Git, for example, is um, distributed. So if you have a Git repository, that's your code base that you're working on, you locally have a directory, it's like .git and it has all those changes and commits um, actually in that directory. Like that's mm-hmm. what that is. It's tracked all those changes and you you have a copy of it. Um, which is nice. Um, but you know, if you're working on, let's say you're building a video game, which Brandon and I have some experience with, and those files get astronomically large. Let's say you're working on a repository that's um 70 to a hundred plus gigabytes. Well, when you have a Git repository, um, <laughs> Git's not great with large um files in the first place. So yeah. there's some called Git LFS, which is out of scope for this podcast, but um that makes you're basically doubling <laughs> the size of that. <laughs> Uh, folder like how much like hard drive space it actually consumes because it's distributed you keep a uh, you know all those changes so it's basically like a copy of that repository in that git folder yeah whereas um you know in a centralized system that may be a better fit for something like that um, and the reason i bring that up is because before we even get into what version control is and how um, you embrace it um, you need to pick you know which version control system you're going to use yeah um, so brandon i think you prefer git <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, you know, there's there's a few um, Git is used across. There's a couple of different services. Um, there's like GitHub, Bitbucket and GitLab, I believe, are all just built off of that. Um, and that that seems to be the more common uh, version control that I've seen. Um, I'm not really sure. A lot of my experience is in more of the web development. Um, so that if that kind of gives you an idea, there might be you know, a different preference if you're doing something like embedded, uh, 
you know, software development or something like that. Yeah, um, game development. Game I mean, development, dot yeah. net is uh, used to be really big in like the subversion world or Microsoft Team Foundation Server or Team Server. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that. so if it's like a big um, dot net shop, if they're using a lot of Microsoft's products. They're probably going to be using. Um, is it? Yeah, it's Team Services, and it was previously Foundation Services. So, um, or yeah, or, or the Foundation server runs it, and the yeah. Team Services. I'm sure if you look up like, Microsoft <laughs> version control, it'll probably show up for you. I just always put like MSTFVS preamps. Pops up. Yeah, get gets my preference as well. I mean, it's easy to use. Um, I like using the command line interface a lot, and I think it's the you know, it's the easiest API for me to use in the command line, in my opinion. Um, it's quick. GitHub is huge. I mean, it's it's synonymous with uh, your online portfolio as a developer. So I like <laughs> yeah. to use Git and GitHub so that when um, I send somebody my portfolio link, like they're really familiar with it. And yeah. Getting other devs to play along with tracking tasks on there and uh, making yeah. pull requests. Like it's not something foreign to most developers. Yeah. So it's definitely a huge advantage to doing that. But Git and any other uh, version control system is super useful when you want to work with others. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine you're coding on uh, a document index.html and you're making all these changes, um, that's really easy when it's just you to not really think about um, the pains of what version control solves. But let's say you have a buddy that wants to start developing on it with you. And so you're uh, making changes to that file and your buddy's making changes to that file. Um, and then you guys want to share those changes in between each other. Well, uh, it's just like a, it's a file, you know, it's a text file. So if you send uh, your buddy the changes that you made to that file, um, you know, they have to either open it up and manually like say, okay, what did you change? And what did I change? I'm going to merge them together. And that's kind of like the, the pinnacle term here is merging it. Um, otherwise, if they just downloaded that file and dropped it, you know, into their directory, it would overwrite the changes they just made. Yeah. And so version control does that. There's two different versions um, or many different versions. If there's a bunch of people on the team and these systems try to control and automate the merging process of <laughs> those changes. Yeah. So that's a really, really easy way to think about it. That's exactly what it does. You guys are both pushing it. You know, that's a, a operative term in Git where you push the code up to, um, you know, a cloud and like GitHub that you can host your Git repository there if you want for like backup purposes. And it will actually merge those together. And if there's a conflict where it's not intelligent enough to merge it, it'll actually highlight it and show you like, this is the incoming changes. These are the current changes. Um, and then if you use like Visual Studio Code or something like that, there's they have some tools to help you say, I'm going to take the incoming changes. I want to take both. I want to reject the incoming changes. It makes it pretty easy to um, resolve those conflicts when you have to do it manually. Yeah. And I think with Git too, I mean, um, there's a lot to it. If you really, I mean, with any tech tool, usually if you dig in really deep, there's a lot of really advanced concepts, but oftentimes I find myself using the same three to five commands over and over and over again. Um, Yeah, definitely. You're going to pull people's changes in. You're going to push your changes out or before you push, you have to commit them. Like there's a few terms and there's a little bit of a learning curve. But like I said, when we started this, I don't believe it's optional. Mm -hmm. It is something if you're not using it or if you're a little bit intimidated by it, um, there's uh, GUI clients for it. So you can get like GitHub for Windows or GitHub for Mac and they're just 
button presses and they make yeah. it pretty easy to go through or watch a YouTube video, um, you know, hit us up on social media, whatever you want to do to learn it. It's it's definitely it's definitely a pretty critical thing to do because you're going to be uh, ready to work on teams and be able to merge mm -hmm. changes together. You're going to have um, a place that tracks all your changes, which makes there's something called blame in the <laughs> world where um, you can go look at a file and go line by line on GitHub and say this line, like this change, this broke it. Where did this come from? Who committed that? When was it committed? Why was it committed? Um, and then you have these messages and dates and kind of these timestamps and this this uh, history of exactly what's going on in your projects. And there's all these fantastic benefits. It's definitely an industry standard to use it. Uh, I've <laughs> never been in a job interview or, um, you know, like started contract work where having some sort of like familiarity with version control wasn't like a basic requirement. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, um, I mean, if, if you're listening and you're just learning, um, the, the great thing, like when I was learning, um, and took on my first kind of big project to try to build it out a portfolio piece, um, there were definitely some points where I made changes and I pushed them and then like everything broke. And what was really nice about having that is you've got your history of working versions. So I was able to just revert to a previous version. And so it kind of, it's kind of almost a safety net when you're learning too, because, you know, if you do something that, you know, makes whatever you're working on stop working and you just can't figure it out, you can always just step back to a previous working version. Yeah, definitely. If there's a takeaway, if you're a beginner or um, even an intermediate developer, you just haven't had a real reason to learn it yet. Uh, if you take anything away from any of our episodes, this is a huge one. So embrace uh, version control gets a pretty good standard to get onto. It's yeah. definitely the most widely used in my, at least as far as I know. But um, and then, you know, learn it, get through that learning curve and embrace really, really good standards, you know, make really clean, concise commit messages. Even if you're solo, you know, make tasks, reference the task numbers, practice doing things like uh, pull requests and doing different reviews, get familiar with diff. If you can diff and resolve conflicts and make branches and cherry pick. And these are only a handful of features you have to learn. Um, you'll be like the go to guy on the team because. Believe it or not, like if you got to cherry pick a commit into production, um, there's like two guys on a even a large team that everyone goes to to do that. Yeah, so yeah. It's definitely. a good way to differentiate yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. Not that that's like a good practice by any means, but mm. sometimes, you know, <laughs> depends. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to get right into uh, the problem with modern frameworks because this is uh, going to be a hot topic. Definitely yeah. Subjective and opinionated. Yeah. And I mean, it kind of also goes along with, you know, if you're learning, there's a lot of this mentality that um, or even just you might have picked up that you should learn, you know, X just to know X. Like you should learn React just to be able to say, oh, I know React yeah. as opposed to actually learning how to code. And I think that's kind of the it's one of the major. Um, yeah, it's definitely a huge problem is that people are like um, building up their skill set in the interest of their resume versus in the interest of like becoming a better developer. Yeah. And especially if you're, if you're uh, learning to code or you're trying to get into web development from like backend development or something like that, you know, you shouldn't be racing to learn these frameworks because those are the hot frameworks right now, because mm -hmm. you're skipping a lot of really fundamental information. And I'm telling you, like, I would much rather be, 
the junior developer that has a rock solid understanding of JavaScript as a language and like, you know, can write awesome HTML and CSS. And like, I understand all the things about accessibility, but I don't know a lick of React, Vue, Angular, Backbone, Lodash, any of these frameworks, because um, you're going to be the more fundamentally solid developer yeah it just will matter more because then when you go to look at the framework documentation to pick some of these things up you're going to understand not only how these things are likely built and comprised but you'll start to identify that okay view and react aren't polar opposite things they're not it's not like on this path of development that the road just forks into a y and you have to choose <laughs> one you start to understand that both of those uh you know libraries or frameworks um they're built on they're, they're it's like the same philosophy of writing uh, single page applications, very compartmentalized. Um, they do things a little bit differently. There are two different flavors of that. But you'll start to see like, you know, I can know both of these things if I understand how web components work and mm -hmm. uh, the shadow, shadow DOM and like a lot of these things actually operate underneath the hood. It's not going to be such a mystery to you. Yeah. And then you don't have to choose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can just know JavaScript. I mean, you, you yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can always still choose, I mean, if you have a preference, but you fundamentally will understand what's going on under the hood. And yeah, and you can't, you don't even know what your preference is if you don't have that fundamental understanding, right? You're not going to yeah. know enough to say, like, objectively, this is a better fit for me in this project because you're just going to say, well, React has more stars on GitHub or there's more jobs for React or, you know, someone told me that it's better to use Vue because of single file components. Like you're not yeah. really going to understand why. Yeah. And I think that that's a big deal because um, why, why, why would you do yeah. that? <laughs> you know, it just yeah. seems obvious. And I mean, and also, you know, not, not to say, not to hold anything against you for learning something because there are job opportunities with that. I mean, you know, you have to learn what you have to, to be competitive in the industry, but definitely understanding it at a, at its uh, fundamental levels before jumping into it, it will set you up for better success down the road than just jumping into it and kind of barely understanding it and kind of patching things together. Yeah. And it, you know, like I've been a senior dev in a position to hire junior devs onto a team where we did use some of these like modern packages and stuff. And it's painfully obvious when you're a senior developer and you're interviewing and someone's like, yes, I know. Um, well, at the time, you know, it was a while ago, like, yeah, I know Backbone and like all these things. And you're like, awesome. And then they, they really struggle to grasp basic, like, you know, software development fundamentals or like they're not familiar with version control. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you know, I would much rather you say like, you know what, to be honest, I haven't I haven't used Backbone at all, but. I am rock solid with JavaScript and HTML and CSS. And like, I know a little bit of um, Node or PHP or C sharp, whatever it is yeah. like that to me, I'd be like, well, awesome. Like if you're acing all this stuff about the language itself, then I have no question that you'll pick up backbone in a few days. You yeah. see what I'm saying? So it's like, if you were going straight to the framework, it's really easy to pigeonhole yourself into knowing how to write you know some basic web components in these frameworks but not actually understanding how they work so then debugging that becomes really difficult if not impossible or yeah. going outside of that framework all of a sudden you're like well you know i've invested so much into this specific framework yeah i think it 
it will definitely handcuff you more than it'll help you but yeah react and view and angular and uh ember and even i think a lot of people still use backbone in corporate america yeah, yeah i think i've seen backbone i mean these are like really beneficial things to know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, yeah yeah and i will play it and i think too i mean even if you kind of went down the path of you know just picking a framework because there were a lot of job opportunities it doesn't mean that you can't you know now kind of backpedal i mean there's always you can always go back to basics like i don't think there's ever been a time where um i've regretted going back and looking over more basic fundamentals because it just you know sometimes you forget or sometimes you find something you didn't realize before and it's just a, like it's so easy to overlook but it's really um you know crucial to the more advanced things that you understand yeah definitely and i mean if you go ask any senior like very well-known web developer um you know we're extremely biased towards like web develop front-end development with javascript and full stack development <laughs> but if you ask like some of these guys like west boss and stuff they're going to say the same things that like I mean, he sells a course specifically on this is to learn um, JavaScript fundamentals. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? He's never going to come out and say like, uh, uh, you know, you need to just learn like, you know, from day one, open up a React tutorial. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a reason why is yeah. because um, it's an important progression. It may not be as exciting or sexy, you know, but it's the, yeah. it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's a fantastic one. Like if you're that person that, you maybe feel like your job title is react developer um go back like look, get really excited about es6 and some of the es7 features and mm -hmm. go learn your javascript fundamentals and yeah um, go learn cs fundamentals yeah and i mean if you're um you know if you're really familiar with advanced concepts in that framework too i mean it's always good time to dig in and understand how they actually work like sometimes just figuring out how the tools you use work will kind of set off some light bulbs and you'll realize that either maybe you don't need to use that tool because you could do something yourself or, you know, you'll understand when something breaks, why it's breaking. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing that feels better if you're working on a project or within a team and like you yourself are stuck or if your team collectively can't figure out an issue and documentation's bad and you just pop open the source and you're like, see, exactly. This is how we do it <laughs> because, I, you know, you can understand that stuff. It's pretty cool. Brandon and I were just working on a, a challenge where we're trying to figure out how to pass parameters into this like special generator method. And then we had to go look in and be like, oh, you can pass in a tuple because, you know, we were able to look into the TypeScript and figure out how it worked <laughs> and um, reached out for help with other people. But it was like we didn't need to um, rely solely on documentation. It was like we got 85% there by just knowing fundamentals. And then the last a uh, few percent were asking for help. And then the last few percent was just the package was just bugged. They needed to actually submit a pull request and fix it. <laughs> but, you know, it felt really, really good after solving it because it was like this was a that was like real debugging. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. just like, oh, I don't know this property name and look in the docs and then regurgitate it back onto the screen. So, yeah, it's there's definitely like a reward to knowing those fundamentals. Mm -hmm. It'll definitely get you a lot further. Yeah. Well, that's my rant. <laughs> it was a rant. Yeah. My, my heated rant. <laughs> you, just, you just see it too much. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> our next topic and final topic is testing for beginners. Yeah. This is be kind of a, a for beginners episode. Yeah. Which is good. But testing is something I don't do a ton of. I'll be the first mm -hmm. to admit it. There's a bunch of people that 
um, write articles on it or publish videos and podcasts about like how critical testing is. And I'd be surprised if a ton of them don't regularly write tests on all the code they write. <laughs> but it's, um, you know, obviously, what do you, do you write a lot of yeah. tests, Brandon? Do you think tests are uh, you know, required? I think it really depends. Um, I think it's for really large teams. I think tests are more important. And I think it's because those tests alert you to when you are perhaps, I mean, it alerts you to bugs that you're perhaps introducing that will, or, you know, you're changing something that should not be changed. Whereas, you know, um, like you've worked, I mean, you've worked on large teams as well, but a lot of times you've worked on smaller teams or you've done projects on your own. And so, you know, you know, the code base really well. And I think when you like, you've built it from the ground up you kind of have a better idea of like what you can and can't change but when you introduce other people those are just variables you're throwing into the equation yeah, that could yeah. potentially mess things up or you know change things and so it's i think tests i mean that's really all they're they're just alarms it's just like hey this is changing yeah. it shouldn't change yeah there are, it's like all it's a way to automate what would require otherwise like an extreme amount of manual individualized sandboxed testing and, <laughs> and there's different types of tests so when people say like testing and software development you know they're either talking about unit tests or acceptance tests or end-to-end -end tests there's all different like uh, methods of testing and it mm -hmm. talks about like what type of code and what um, area of your application that it actually affects so like unit tests are the reason you say unit is because it's like these really tiny um, things or like functions or simplistic, you know, you just want to make sure that like this thing's written this way and given this input, it'll always give this output. Uh, this mm -hmm. Simple assertions, it's unit testing. Um, and, you know, you get into like uh, acceptance and like <clears throat> end, end testing is, um, you know, one good example of testing that I really, really enjoyed and it helped a lot was... Um, and on a project, we had a huge accessibility requirement. Mm -hmm. And so we wrote like a front end tests that would actually like um, make sure that like tab order was working. So if like you press tab, it would like go through all the menus specifically and that all these attributes and stuff where it's like everything was holding up to that level of accessibility standards that we had set. Because that is something that's really easy to throw off. And especially if you have like a handful of junior devs or senior devs or like multiple teams, um, that's something you just don't want to manually test all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it just gives you a little bit of peace of mind and, you know, it could save you like two hours a day of like having after every pull request be like, did you press tab 900 times? You know, it's like a huge <laughs> interface. So yeah. That was super helpful. But, yeah. um, you know, testing certain things is is finicky and really hard so like um testing apis in my opinion is really tricky like if you ever like write an express api with like mocha and chai and then you have to use there's a package called sign in sign on yeah but, yeah, sign. but uh, you, you have to like make spies and then like you, like mock objects and you have to like check that the request came back specifically yeah. and then um, you know, running your server, if you have a database connected to it, mm -hmm. a lot of APIs really aren't that simple. They're tapped into, they're either like interfaces to third party APIs. And it's like, well, should I test those things or am I just testing someone else's code? Like it's out of my control. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it gets awkward um, and challenging really fast. And the reality is that uh, I don't know if that's ultra helpful. <laughs> yeah. But so I opinion. kind of, um, 
talking about that too. Um, so I've had to recently uh, write tests for an API. Um, but in that case, I didn't have, I had to update tests um, based on some changes that were being made. And uh, I didn't really have the, um, the understanding of what the, um, what the challenge or what the, the purpose of some of the changes were or what, you know, what the expected outcome was compared to what it was before. Like I didn't have a good understanding of the application as a whole. And so I ended up writing some pretty bad tests and like <laughs> deleting things that shouldn't have been deleted in the tests. And that kind of brings it to like, you know, sometimes no tests are better than bad tests. Yeah. I, I would say all the time. <laughs> That's the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it's awkward to write the test for, if you're not 100% confident that you wrote the test, that it was a helpful thing that will stand the test of time, no pun intended, but <laughs> um, don't write the test, right? Like that mm -hmm. that should be the rule of thumb. And I've done yeah. it before too, where I'm like, I'll, you know, it's like an API method or there's just like a particular um, tricky part to it. I'm like, you know what, maybe just better off not writing this test because it'll either give me like a false sense of, um, you know, like a false sense of security or <laughs> I'll always doubt it. And it's just going to rub me the wrong way on testing, especially for beginners. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like if you write a bunch of tests and you spend a ton of time on it because it's super time consuming, you didn't write them quite properly. So Sometimes they work and they don't, or like they're saying they're failing, but everything's working fine when you like manually test it. It may just rub mm -hmm. you the wrong way from testing in general. So mm -hmm. I would say like write unit tests for really, really basic things. If you can write like like helper methods, those are nice things to practice writing tests on, right? Yeah. Like you have a um a little helper method that um, you know, URL encodes strings or does certain things, like those are easy. You can write like assertions to make sure mm -hmm. that the input if given this input is always going to give you this output and this should never change. I don't know why you'd be changing those anyway, but like those tests always pass the rock solid. Or if you're going to like write some really neat um, tests on your end user interface that the, this um, onboarding flow always pops up for first sign-ins with these user permissions. And it shows you these three steps, these elements all appear on the page and tab order between all of them is perfect. That can give you a lot of like, um, peace of mind and security as well, because it's really easy to work things on your front end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But sure. yeah, when you're, when you're testing those, I don't know, I'll call it all you others or the, like the in-between middle stuff, unless you have like a, a ton of uh, confidence doing that. Um, it's probably like the worst yeah. advice ever, ever, but I'd say just don't yeah. write them, you know? Yeah. I mean, but having said that too, I mean, someone who is really good at writing tests is like really valuable to a team. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it comes back to like those fundamentals and it just, you know, this is kind of more of like a backend thing, especially when you talk about like testing APIs and like all your methods in your backend. But yeah, um, yeah, they're nice to have. And if you can, if you're lucky enough, like I was at one point in time to work on a project where you have a backend team working on a separated backend API and a frontend team mm -hmm. working on a, a separated frontend project, <laughs> and then you guys can test those things independently of each other. Um, that's really cool because it aids in workflow. Like, um, once you see like tests pass or fail on the API, you know, that like those API endpoints are ready to consume and you can kind of automate communication, which as a programmer is awesome. Lets <laughs> yeah. you have to talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. So there's huge um, benefits to it, but, um, just taking that for beginners mindset, um, mm -hmm. 
dip your toe in it. Don't get super wrapped up in it. Spend yeah. the time learning, spend the time iterating and making mistakes Yeah. versus focusing on spending a ton of time to write this one piece of perfect code, like write a bunch of code that sucks because of the experience is probably better for you as a beginner right now. Yeah. 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 So I guess actually on that topic too, um, I didn't tell Dylan about this, but um, oh. yeah, oh. <laughs> see a, um, a website that I found really helpful when I was learning um, is called Code Wars, it's just codewars.com. And the great thing about that is it basically breaks up. Um, it's a good place to learn how to code as well as write tests because um, it you can create a profile, log on, and then there's coding challenges and they're just like really basic, like write a method that does this and it gives you instructions but you can also the great thing about it is create your own code challenges called katas um, and so uh, you'll write tests that validate whether the person submitted a correct answer or not and so i found that was actually a really good way to familiarize myself with just the concept of like um you know take this assert this expect this result like some of the um the language of writing tests uh, was introduced to me through that and I found it really helpful. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. And that, you know, that kind of goes into like, there's test driven development, there's behavior driven development. There's like different philosophies on, you know, it's really good, uh, methods and exercise to expand your thinking, like think about it in test format before you ever write the code. And that may give you, um, better insight or slow you down to think about all the possible different inputs and outcomes or use cases and, you know, there's definitely like really good ways to become a, a world-class developer, but, um, that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. They, they structured it in that way. So that's really what that's introduced, introducing you to is yeah. test-driven development. Yeah. So, so I, I thought it was a, I mean, it's a great website and yeah. still, I, I don't know like user numbers or anything on it, but there's still plenty of challenges and being cranked out every day. So oh, every sure. once in a while I'll jump on, like before I start, you know, if I'm need to code and it's going to be a long day i might jump on and do a few like quick little easy challenges just to kind of get my brain warmed up so it's like code cardio <laughs> code cardio <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's all i have yeah i think that's it um so yeah uh once again uh thanks for listening um if you like our content if you have any suggestions feel free to reach out be sure to like follow subscribe su suggest us to others yeah uh, like brandon uh, said this episode um was kind of a hodgepodge of, of user submitted stuff. So yeah, if you like that, we will, uh, we will hook you guys up. Yeah. With them deets, <laughs> them deets, give you them deets. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So we'll talk to you next week yep. for our next edition of Melvis. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye.